The general consensus on celebrity coaching seems to be that it's a failed experiment that we need to just do away with permanently. I haven't quite reached that conclusion yet. Also, I'm not a fan of the term celebrity coaching. Oh yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, of course, I'm Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. Thank you for going on a journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives, which you can see right here at the bottom of the screen on this yellow graphic. But if you're on the audio side of things, do not forget the S on the end. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. That is our newer, newest partner here at the network. And we'll be talking about them a little bit later in the episode. But we're going to start off with, I'm not not really ready to abandon the idea of celebrity coaching. I'm going to explain why I don't like that term in the second segment. When you reference celebrity coaching, everybody seems to have this huge consensus. Everybody says, you know what? It's failed experience. We're done with it. No more. I I just, I don't think I'm ready to jump off and say that yet. And in no way is this saying that people should prioritize celebrity hirings. No way am I saying that people should skip over those who have worked up the ladder I'm just saying that I think both options should still be on the table for everyone. That, that's how I look at it. So there's two reasons I say this. One, I think this just needs a deeper evaluation of the person you're actually bringing in. And then two, there's just not a big sample size. We're talking about three coaches, to be honest. So I'll start off with the evaluation. Every coach has to be evaluated on whether or not they are a fit for the culture. And sometimes I think the problem is you're not actually evaluating the fit. You're evaluating the name. And that's when things go wrong. If you're bringing in a coach just for their name power, yeah, discard that. You should have never really done that. But I understand you get enamored with the big name. You want to make a splash, especially after Jackson State made a splash. And it's like, oh, okay, this is going to work. You want to make a splash similar. I would understand that way of thinking. However, I do believe that if anything, that you're going to talk about the Ed Reed and the coaching situation and related to how we should be done with it, I do think it should be a retirement of how we evaluate those coaches. Not evaluating the coaches in general or retiring the coaches in general, but just retiring how we evaluate them. See, they might have just said, oh, Ed Reed, great safety, bring him in. But you got to see, what about Ed Reed meshes with Bethune-Cookman? What about Ed Reed says that, and I'm not going to harp on that. That's not the point of this this conversation. The point is just celebrity coaching in general. We just happen to see one crash and burn very quickly. Ed Reed clearly did not fit with what Bethune-Cookman was trying to do. I can tell that through the conversations that he says he had with them. They just were not aligned on vision, and that's how we see the manifestation of everything else that happened. You got to make sure you're a fit. You evaluate actual coaches who come through the ranks and, and work themselves up, so why would you not evaluate somebody 
who hasn't had any coaching experience. Don't get enamored with the name. So I understand that. Then the second thing is sample size. Everybody's ready to be like, we're done. We've seen three coaches. Eddie George, Ed Reed, Deion Sanders. That's it. Three coaches of differing levels of success. But that's it. And to me, Reed, George, and Sanders are like the same story, different ending, uh, same genre, different movie. Like they, they're very similar, yet how they turn out is extremely different. And I'll relate them to TV shows because I think this is the best analogy. You have a TV show that didn't make it past the pilot. That's Ed Reed. Didn't even get hired, technically. Couldn't get past the pilot. Show one episode, people didn't really want it. Now we're moving on. You look at Deion Sanders. That's a great show. Ended extremely early. You're like, man, why they cancel that show? Well, I felt like the Jackson State tenure could have went on a little bit longer. And you look at Eddie George out there at Tennessee State. That's the show that maybe didn't get as much critical acclaim, didn't get as much attention, but it's still going on. Still rolling. Quietly, but it's still chugging, still going, still getting renewed season after season. These are three TV shows. Just the outcomes are so different, but because they're so different, I don't know how everybody has a consensus on it. I don't know if, I, listen, this is, this is my thing. One of the bigger gripes that I hear, excuse me, one of the bigger gripes that I hear about these type of hires is that they're using HBCUs to move up the ladder. And I agree. I get it. Maybe I look at it with a uh, it's just business mindset and sometimes they might come in and make it more than business. And I would understand why that would irritate you. But I pose another question. What about the coach who worked up the ranks but has aspirations of being on the FBS level? Of course, it's going to take him a little bit longer to get noticed because his name doesn't hold the same weight that these celebrity hires hold when they come in. But the inspiration or the aspirations, they're the same. Why do we look at those two people differently? Why do we look at the Deion Sanders who comes in and wants to be an FBS coach but starts at an HBCU differently than we look at Joe Blow who comes on from working up the ranks as an offensive line coach but has hopes of making it to Tulane or something, right? Why do we look at those two differently? Is it because the guy who has to work up the ranks is going to be here longer? Do we acknowledge that it's just business for them? Do we not expect as much from them? What is it? When we talk about this quote-unquote savior complex, I said it, you know, and I heard other people say it too. When we talk about these type of savior complexes, are we giving them even more power? Are we feeding into it as well? Are we, are we just buying into the propaganda that they're selling? The reason I don't feel like that is an answer that we can give a conclusive statement to is because we just have not had enough people to talk about it. Because a lot of people will tell you about Dion. Well, what else? One person does not make the rule. So a lot of people will answer that question and they'll answer it based on Deion Sanders. You don't know what you would have done with Ed. He didn't coach. Eddie George hasn't left. And he's done a pretty good job of standing up and pushing Tennessee State forward. But you don't know what happens if he were to leave, how you would react. So because you only have one person to really base your answer on, and I really think it's, yes, it's two out of three that, that creates the negativity. And I guess that's 66% or whatever. But three just is not enough for me. It's just not. It's not enough uh, questions for me to really be happy about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had that right. Almost thought I messed up my math. Trying to do it in my head. So the perfect mesh to me would be prime success and Eddie George's style. I think that Ed Reed's passion was great, but Eddie George has it too. He just shows it in a way that I think is, at least at Tennessee State, more conducive to creating change with him still present. 
And when you look at all three, I think they're different takes, once again, on what the biggest problem for a lot of HBCU alum and fans are. Just the view of HBCUs coming from these players. So when you look at Eddie George, great spokesperson for Tennessee State. I think he's doing great pushing them in the right direction, understanding the school, speaking up for the school beyond just the football department. I think he's doing great for that. You look at Deion Sanders, I thought he was doing pretty good while he was here. Once he left, things hit the fan. All right, how you leave is like, mm, is that what you really thought the whole time? So I understand why people would be a little skeptical about looking at how he, of course, you're going to talk great about the school while you're here, right? But then you got Ed Reed, who he came in and he was guns blazing. And it's just like, all right, we don't even know. But at the same time, if we're talking about being an Asian of change, which I think a lot of people expected from these coaches, Ed Reed did spark these protests. I mean, and as things change, he will be a part of that, whether he was hired or not. He will be remembered as part of that. I know it might seem like I'm shooting a lot of flack, but for me, I'm just not ready to give up. I don't think that the coaching tenure of Ed Reed, I mean, didn't exist, so you can't say that was a success. Deion Sanders is like, Deion Sanders and Eddie George are both up in the air. It just depends on what you're going to value. I'm not telling you to go get a bunch of celebrity coaches. I'm not telling you to go get a bunch of guys who worked up from being assistants. I'm just telling you that, to me, both sides are still viable. And I'm not ready to cancel out either one of them. And going forward, we're going to talk about why I don't like the term celebrity coaching. I'm just not a fan of using it, which is why I put air quotes and do my best to avoid saying those words together. We'll talk about that as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before I get into that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, our newest partner on the Locked On Podcast Network in our official sports book. The NFL playoffs are here. We're almost at the Super Bowl, so you're running out of time to put some money down, and FanDuel is the place that you should do it. We're excited to partner with FanDuel because they are the number one sports book in America, and if you're if you're new to FanDuel, this is something even better. So if you haven't yet got a FanDuel account, all you have to do is go create one at FanDuel.com slash locked on. And after you put down your first $5 bet, they will give you $150 back in free bets. Free cash for you to spend it on whatever you want. Make your money, make your money, make your money. They have the best bets you need. The money line, the point spreads, the player props. If you just want to put some money down on the game straight up, they have all of these things. Same game parlays. All you need at FanDuel. We love them. We need them. We're glad that they're going to be a part of the network and you should be too. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and they will get you your money. $150 $150 free after your first $5 bet. And as we continue rolling with today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, check out Locked on College Basketball for everything you need around the sport in one place wherever you get your podcast. And I'm going to tell you why I don't really like the term celebrity coaching i don't i don't like it because one i know there have been other successful nfl coaches who have moved into or excuse me nfl players who have moved into the coaching ranks but i also just don't think there's a concrete definition at least i don't know the concrete definition of course drop it in here if y'all have a definition of what you think a celebrity coach is but for me are we talking about status are we talking about experience what are we doing because i look at vincent brown who was a uh let me i know it's not fair because I'm going to tell you why it's not fair. But Vincent Brown, just hired by North Carolina a three-time All-Pro. Is he a huge name? No. So I guess it doesn't go with the celebrity aspect. But he's a big-time NFL player, three-time All-Pro. 
but he worked his way up the ranks. Does the does the fact that he worked his way up the ranks take him from being a celebrity coach? Trent Dilfer, no experience. He's about to be a collegiate coach for the first time this year. Is he a celebrity coach? I don't think so. I wouldn't consider him a celebrity. I don't think he fits that part of it, but he does fit the mode of not having much coaching experience. What it, what makes a coach a celebrity coach? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we got Denzel Washington and say, hey, man, I know you was in Remember the Titans. Let's let's see what you're really about. Let's see if you can really coach Jackson State. They, they didn't do that. So, like, when we're talking about celebrity coaching, that, that's, that's the thing for me. That's the thing for me that I just don't quite understand, and that's the term. You know, is it status? Is it coaching experience? Is it a mix of both? Is it something you just feel that you can't put a quite so title on it? You know, I get why you call Dion and Ed and Eddie. That's so weird, huh? But uh, Dion, I get why you say Dion, Ed Reed, and Eddie George are celebrity coaches. I get it. I don't like it. I'm going to tell you why. But it's just, I, I don't know. Who else falls in that category? Because I feel like we're not calling Trent Dilfer a celebrity coach because he's not a big name. But he also had the same circumstances as those same three gentlemen. So let's get some consistency. That's all I'm saying. That's all I am saying. But another reason I'm not a fan of it is because I think it places these coaches on a pedestal. I think it says, oh, you're this. Like, let me see. I think it puts their name above their status or above their position. When you say celebrity coaching, like he's coach prime, he almost prime coach. It like to, to put it in more literal sense. He's prime before he's a coach. No, nah, he's a coach. Now it's one thing. It's one entity. I don't like it. I think it puts him on a pedestal and it makes it seem like, oh, like when, when a new coach comes in, we are going to be excited about their hiring. We just are. And if their biggest background is being a former player in that sport, we're going to highlight that. That makes sense. But at the same time, I don't think that we should put them on this pedestal and make them seem. It's kind of like what I said earlier about feeding into that savior complex where, oh, this is Deion Sanders coming to Jackson State. Oh, this is Ed Reed coming to Bethune Cookman. Oh, no, I don't. I don't know. I'm not I'm not really a fan of that. And that's why I don't like the celebrity coaching. We can praise them. We can be happy that they're here and we can hope they do a good job. But calling them celebrity coaching. Kind of just, I don't know, just put some on more of a pedestal. You're just a coach to me now. I never once considered Deion Sanders a celebrity coach. Ed Reed, one of my favorite players ever, never once considered him a celebrity coach. It's just not terminology that I would use. It's not a terminology that I would come up with. And when I did see it, I just didn't really like it, you know. Um, but here's my thing. I also think that it contributes. The term to me, calling these celebrity coaches also contributes to the idea that they're doing charity for HBCUs. That's what it looks like to other people or, or when other people vocalize it to me. Oh, they did y'all a favor. No, we did them a favor. They brought publicity to you. We gave them a job when a lot of people probably wouldn't have. Probably nobody. No coaching experience and you got a job? It's not very many schools that are going to give you that. HBCUs gave these people leadership positions with entry-level resumes and we want to talk about favors and charity hbcus can find good coaches good coaches don't just come when it's talking about nfl greats publicity comes when you have a lot of success you can generate success and good coaching without going the route that hbcus went 
I don't know if these coaches, if these if these players can become head coaches without any other experience at many other places. Who's really doing the handouts? If I gave you a job at Texas Southern and you never coached before, I'd be giving I'd be doing you a favor. I'd be giving you a handout. But because these are high profile players who give you publicity, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. That's what this is. But I think when you call them celebrity coaches, you place them on a pedestal and that pedestal puts them kind of above the school and above the profession. Even at Colorado, I think that Dion is above the profession. Honestly, and maybe even above the school, but it's OK because he's a great recruiter, great recruiter. So it, it, that's him being above all of that is what feeds into the recruiting. But I just I'm just not a fan of it. Not a fan of it, and I think it contributes to that. And I think the other side uses that celebrity coaching narrative, not using those exact words, but the same sentiment to make it seem like HBCU should be just grateful and never criticized. I don't care who you are. You are always open to criticism. But for some reason, these players and these, these former players turned coaches who are put on a pedestal, they are just above critique or nobody should ever critique them. People defend the man a lot. We've seen that with Sanders. We've seen that with Reed. I'll leave it there. And I know that there's a lack of understanding at some places, but you can gain that. That's why people are upset. It's a lack of understanding. You can gain understanding. So I just want I just want to leave that there. Um, and going forward, we're going to talk about what's next for Ed Reed. And we're going to be done with the celebrity coaching for the day. We're going to talk about where does he go from here because it's likely not Bethune-Cookman as we continue with Locked on HBCU. And as wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate everybody for making it to segment three. What's next for Ed Reed? What should be next is a, a year off. He talked about how he was drained. You could tell. I, I'm shocked at how emotionally invested Ed Reed is into this situation. I mean, I guess you put three weeks in, you know, put your own money into it. You start to form a bond. You have your nephew at the school. I guess it makes sense how you can be very connected. But at the same time, man, this guy is going through it. You can tell it's obvious he's going through it. And, you know, people try to say mentally unstable and whatnot. I'll say it yesterday. I'll say it again. If that was a regular person, you wouldn't be calling mentally unstable. You just say he was he was going through it. Like, let's not let's not play that card because he's a former NFL player. All right. That's my personal opinion on it. I don't see a person who's mentally unstable. I see a person who is emotional. And a lot, it, I'm going to leave it there. I was, I was going to go on a tangent, but I'm going to leave it there. <clears throat> Where does he go from here? I still think I see head coaching in this future. The The reasons I thought he'd be a head coach are still present. I didn't see him fail at being a head coach. So I still kind of see that in his future, but not, a, not in an HBCU. That ship is sailed, you know, especially when you said HBCUs are failing because of broken mentalities. There's going to be people who just don't want to touch you because of that. Even though you were really referencing Bethune-Cookman and maybe even Jackson State, because maybe you had conversations with Prime and that's how he felt. I don't know. But you're talking about Bethune-Cookman in all honesty. But you generalized it to everybody. A lot of people just ain't going to touch you after that. I was shocked to hear him go on Roland Martin and say that Jackson State offered him the job and Dion called him personally. I was shocked both to hear him say it out loud and to also know that that happened. You know, because when Dion 
announced his departure, he also said that I'm recommending TC. It, it makes me question the timeline. It makes me question the timeline. Um, when did Dion know he was going to leave? Against when did he announce it? And also, did he talk to Ed in between that? Or did he say TC and then go talk to Ed? I ain't trying to start nothing. Ed did that. I ain't trying to start nothing. But these are questions that came to my mind when he said what he said. I ain't finna go record this and, and put it out there and have everybody else answer it. No. Answer it as you will. I don't care. It's, it's not meant to be answered. It's a really rhetorical question. But you can answer it if you want to. It just made it feel a little less special, his recommendation of TC. It's like, man, you called Ed? Whether you called Ed first or called Ed after? I don't know. It's just like, kind of bummed out to hear that. And I know he turned down Grandma last year. That was almost common knowledge. So, you know, and now it's Bethune-Cookman happened with him. That's three schools in a swack. That's three schools in a swack. So now what happens? Where do we go from here? I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, for Ed... Where does, cause I don't know where, where he goes in a swag, but as far as him, I think he's going to have to just suck it up and go the traditional route. There's not going to be many other schools who are going to give him this handout that I just referenced in the last segment. You're going to have to go the traditional route, and I know he wants to be a defensive coordinator, and I don't know if he gets that. I don't. He probably has to stay on the FCS level to be a defensive coordinator. Otherwise, he's going to be a defensive backs coach, and he's going to have to go the route of being a DB coach, being a defensive coordinator, then being a head coach. Even though he wanted to be either a DC or a head coach, you might not get that now. There's just not many places who are going to elevate you that high without seeing some sort of track record, and just being on the Miami staff in a non-coaching position is not enough of a track record for me to say, oh, yeah, you can be my defensive coordinator. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe uh, Trent Dilfer needs a, a defensive coordinator and he thinks Ed Reed will be the right guy. I don't know. Honestly, I can see the next step for him being going to join Dion as a DB coach or something. I, I think that would make a lot of sense. That's your big brother. Go ahead. I think that just makes a lot of sense if Ed Reed were to go to Colorado, but I do think that he needs to take a year off. He is just so emotionally invested in this. You can tell that he's emotionally drained. He's going through it, and it's like, I hope he learned something from this that you can't come in like a missile at all times. Sometimes, because I think he wanted to infiltrate and then change from the inside, but he never got inside to change. So you just got to make sure that you're taking the right steps. Got to make sure you're going through the right uh, the right channels. You got to make sure that you're you're talking to the same or the right people in the way that you need to really be able to enact change, and you still be present. Clearly, he spearheaded something, but I'm sure he wanted to be on the front lines for it. If this was going to, going to be what happened. So that's my take on celebrity coaching. These big name hires. I'm going to call them name hires. Not celebrity coaching. But let me know what you think. Is it time to abandon it? Do you like the term? And what do you think is next for Ed Reed? Let me know in the comments below. Or on Twitter at South Exclusives. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day for your second listen. Check out Locked On College Basketball. For everything you need around the sport. In one place wherever you listen to your podcast. Including where you're listening to me right now. On tomorrow, we're finally going to be talking about some actual sports, so I'm excited for that. Let's get it. Let's go. No more of the uh, the big name and none more of the, the pettiness and all of this, man. I, I do think this is a great story and something to watch going forward, but I'm also excited to talk about basketball again because there were some really good games over the weekend that we need to cover and on Monday. So we'll do that as we continue with Locked on HBCU. But in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.